hopefully you'll be here more than just today. And then you'll, yeah, you'll be comfortable with all this stuff. Perfect. Cody, do you have a handle, like an online handle? Not really. Mm. I, I am on Twitter, but I don't really... You don't use it as I'm, much as you... I'm not very active. It's more of a news feed for myself. Well, that's all right. So I, I'm not on Instagram, not on... I have things mm-hmm. attached to my website. Yeah. I, I don't really use that either, so... No, the website was for the mountain biking... Well, I mostly road bike. Biking in general, mm-hmm. but uh, cycling, yes. Cycling is your thing, though. Yeah. So what's the what's the Twitter handle? Uh, bicycleandrider.com. At bicycleandrider.com. Yeah. That's cool, man. You were able to get the dot .com on your Twitter? Yep. That's good. Yep. That's not and I actually though. have the Instagram, too. I just don't. don't you don't use it that much? Yeah, because yeah, I keep... trying to be... Try to, but I don't know. It's just not exactly your thing. No, not really. It's tough. I found, um, like, Facebook isn't so hard because everybody's on it. Yeah. So you're almost... It's almost like you're you're easier to it because it's right there. You're always there. But the Instagram, I've got to go out of Facebook and then insta- in, into Instagram. I'm I'm too lazy for that. <laughs> I don't like doing that kind of stuff. Well, even my Facebook, like I when I, because I started as like a blog spot or something. When I switched to the dot com, yeah, I um, did a Facebook kind of tie-in. So whenever you post something, it'll automatically post in your Facebook. Yeah. But because on Facebook is just my friends and I keep it pretty limited, then mm-hmm. I just feel like I'm pandering to your buddies my buddies and i so i don't really do that very much either because it's just like they get it they, they, can, they, they can check it out if they want to see it but i don't i don't need to uh you know to really push it as hard to just like drive it home to like my buds yeah <laughs> to, to my homies <laughs> yeah it's it's tough though because sometimes you do feel like with this too and i know like when i was doing chasing earth it really felt like am i pushing it too much am i shoving it into people's faces like, if they want to they can come and see it yeah but if you really want to get anywhere you kind of have to yeah, well, that's right. yeah. yeah. That's that's like the tough thing. But then again, you become a salesman. You're like, oh my god, what have I become? I've become what I hate. Yeah, I don't want to be what I hate. Yeah, and then when it comes to my friends and stuff, if anything, the presence I like to have it there just so like they talk to me about stuff. Not, yeah, not for you know, um, uh, Drago mentioned it uh, when we saw him the other weekend. He was like, yeah. oh hey, I'm thinking about getting a road bike. Like, what should we get? And it's like, awesome. Yeah, perfect. That's like right up my alley. Like, yeah. And he knows that because he knows that you do that. Yeah. Yeah. The most annoying thing for me in like the whole world is to like have someone tell me after they're like, oh, I just bought a bike. Yeah. And like, what do you think? And you're just like, I think you should have talked to me first. (laughs) (laughs) You know, this is what I do. I think you should have come here. Yeah. I think there's, you know, some things I could have told you and could have got you a really good deal. Yeah. Or if you were wanting, you know, depending on what you wanted to spend, I could build you a bike Mm -hmm. and it would be like sick and then it would be i get to build a bike and i wouldn't have to use my money to do it which yeah it's like way better in terms of that's great for you yeah because i mean that that kind of gives you it's it's like art right yeah. i mean i draw a lot of stuff for people that i don't get to keep and it is really nice to to have somebody come up to you and be like well i want this and whatever and like red skull fighting captain america and you do it and you're like well i don't get to keep it but i enjoy doing it yeah and then now i have a really good grasp on drawing that stupid red mask so you enjoy it yeah not that the red mask is stupid. The red mask makes me money. <laughs> but the same thing with the bikes, right? Yeah. Like you enjoy doing it because that's your world. Yeah. Yeah. And if it goes a long enough period of time of me not building a bike mm-hmm. for someone else, that I'll end up having to build one for myself. Yeah. Because I need to scratch that itch. So if I can just it's do it with someone else's money. Th- even better. That is like the goal, isn't it? <laughs> to work with somebody else's money. Yeah. Because, I mean, the worst thing is being not being broke but not having enough to really build what you want to build. And then you're like, fuck, it's going to cost me a fortune to do this. <laughs> like I had, um, when we were doing this, I had nothing. Like I didn't have anything at all. Yeah. I was, I was kind of thinking to myself, like, what, what do I need for the podcast? And it turns out like at the computer and the Mac is handy because they have GarageBand, which as, as much as I kind of dislike Macs, 
way back, like in the 09 days and whatnot, having GarageBand on there was really handy. It helped with a lot of stuff and it helps here. But um, buying the soundboard and all the mics and all the little things that you want, eventually you start looking at your bills and you're like, fuck, you know, it didn't cost me much, but it cost me enough, which would be easier if I was just doing this with somebody else, like sponsor money. Yeah. But then you're beholden to a sponsor. Yeah. And that's kind of, that's kicking the pants. Well, and, uh, you know, in the same vein, I guess I've never added up what my website has cost because mm-hmm. it's a .com and you, uh, it's on Squarespace, so mm-hmm. then that's a monthly thing. So, you know, probably... I think it's 50 bucks a year for the dot com and then you're looking at 12 or 13 dollars a month which isn't a lot of money but it's like something that i've done for a couple of years now so yeah there and i've never attempted to make any money off it or anything like that mm-hmm. i don't think there is an opportunity i'm pretty small but um a- as a thing it's just like huh, i guess if i added all that up like i better get something out of this yeah man. in terms of personal enjoyment because i'm you're putting a lot of time into it. Putting time and money into this. So. Yeah. yeah. It, it makes sense. I mean, like, that's the goal, I think, is, yeah, to make money doing it. It'd be eventually be kind of nice to have. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, the guy's got day jobs, too. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. Plus, you got a lot going on, too, with a little guy. Yeah. A new little baby boy. Yeah, Hugo is, uh, he'll be two in February. Wow, that happened, didn't it? Yeah. Happens, wow. Happens real fast, and uh, we've got another one on the way. Get out? Yeah. yeah. Really? You probably mentioned this, but I had been drinking that night. So, I mean, there's a really good chance. It was, we did all get together again after a while yeah, at uh, the old Southside Stranglers bachelor party, surprise yeah. bachelor party. Just good times. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, the unknown. So, we didn't find out the the sex. The sex of the baby. We didn't do it for Hugo. We're not going to do it again for, for this one. So, the. That's exciting. The, you know. Uh, neutral pronoun child <laughs> the child uh, will be uh, as due end of May early June that's coming up yeah yeah that's coming up, coming up fast, so. yeah not too shabby so yeah that's going good you were always kind of one of those guys who were gonna make a good dad though I mean there were guys who we worked with who were like that guy should not be a father <laughs> like I mean off the top of my head out naming names there are guys out there like oh shit like that guy's gonna be a father yeah. I mean I don't think he bathes <laughs> I don't <laughs> think he knows to wash behind a baby's ears yeah. there's a lot of stuff that goes on um, we just had some friends who had a baby. He's uh, He's been kind of on the show once by accident while we were doing our uh, our MREs. We ate a bunch of, <laughs> Luke brought a bunch of MREs for us to make and eat. Oh, really? Nice. Oh, that was brutal. I, I didn't poop for like two days. <laughs> but anyway, he's Which a little guy. Which also handy when you're in the field. When you're in the field. I guess that's part of it. We were talking about um, how it comes with the laxative gum. Yeah. So when you do feel like it's time to make this stuff move out, because I got a couple of days where I'm, I'm going to be stationary, you pop some laxative gum and you're good to go. But uh, we were talking about, like, babies in general and how there is, like, it's nerve-wracking at first. Like, oh, i got to have kids. But there is something, like, in you that just naturally knows to, I mean, if you're you're raised right and, you know, you're not a schmuck, there is something in you that will raise a child properly. You'll learn how to change diapers and it'll come naturally and eventually you'll do it properly and you'll be telling your friends how to do it. And the second one becomes easier. Oh, yeah. I think they get easier for sure and... We've been really lucky with Hugo. He's been really great. But I really yeah. think in terms of parenting, like, well, I I wasn't very nervous um, in part just because Tracy wasn't either. Yeah. You know, she, that helps. Tra- uh, she's an RN. Mm-hmm. So she knows a lot about stuff and has been around kids and you know worked at a daycare at one time. So she was like pretty cool with a lot of stuff. So I was like, okay, like follow the lead here. Not and bad. Like, yeah. So it's like, uh, you know, it, so I learned a lot that way. And and also from friends of ours who had kids who were just pretty chill about the whole thing. So, yeah. Um, I kind of tried to follow their lead and just, you know, kind of just be relaxed. And, you know, they're pretty durable. 
Yeah, you know? I, I think that's the big fear, right? Like yeah. they're not as fragile as you think they are. Yeah, yeah, that's cool, man. So you just follow that, and you know, you're good to go. Everything will figure itself out. Let me get you to just like move in a little bit more on there. I think give this give a little talky talk in there. There we go. Yeah, I think so. Right. So maybe up a bit. I don't know why it's like. Can you hear me? Yeah. Can you hear you? Yeah, probably. I hear you louder. I got you better. Yeah. yeah. I think that's just that comes from being a little bit more nerdy on the microphone. Okay. I've mean, done like almost forty of these now, yeah. so that's kind of cool. Well, you got to get the balance too, right? Oh yeah. You, you're into it, and if I'm far away, then either they have it loud and you're too loud, mm-hmm. or I'm quiet and mumbly. Greg will complain about that all the time. <laughs> you're fucking Luke, man. Like he talks too <laughs> quiet. Next thing you know, I have to turn it up, and then you start talking. I go deaf. I'm like, oh shit, <laughs> that's a little bit too much. Yeah. How do you feel about things like um? Like those, like stem toys are making a huge comeback. Like, does Hugo get a lot of that kind of stuff? He's he's pretty STEM good at the, the um the science, technology, engineering, math. Like connects, ah. connects were like a thing, for like when we were kids. Well, I mean, I'm a little bit older than you are, but like when we were kids, connects were huge. Legos were huge, but now they're like that's like a stem toy. They can said to be like a science and technology toy. Okay. Like fucking, those are just toys, man. Well, we're like growing up. I had lots of Legos. Yeah, and my sister has kids now, and she's has lots of legos and her kids do too but also independently my sister has lots of legos she has a, a purchasing problem <laughs> oh no lots of boxed legos down in her basement mm-hmm. in plastic containers well that's cool not to be played with not to be played with <laughs> those are just like her personal collection of someday i'm gonna build something cool well i think she thinks it's an investment or she's gonna she has plans where she says they're gonna get built but yeah i don't know I'm like that with Lego, though, where like I've got a bunch of gray and black ones because sooner or later I'm going to build a cool robot, yeah. but I never get around to it. Like, God, I should really figure this shit out. Yeah. So we had lots of Legos. So he's kind of at the age now. Um, he was playing with like he's got like the Duplo, the big. Yeah. The big Legos. The clunky ones. Yeah. So he's playing with some of those today. Uh, so he's kind of at that age now. Um, I imagine those will be the type of toys that I'll encourage. I'm very yeah. science- yeah, well, I mean that's that's good though. Yeah. Yeah, I mean not. I'm about um, Tracy is too, right? I mean she's yeah. got like the the science background, so obviously she's got a different angle. Maybe not the Lego angle. Yeah. But like she is very science inclined, being yeah. an RN. Yeah. You can't just be like a bookworm. <laughs> like I like I like literature and Jane Austen and become an RN and not teach science. Yeah. That'd be a little bit strange. Yeah. So we'll definitely like those. He's got a lot of vintage toys right now. Vintage toys. Vintage toys. Like your toys when you were little? Mm, No, they've been uh, between my brother and us hitting garage sales Mm -hmm. and my brother like finding old Tonka trucks and probably things that he wanted to have. Yeah. That he's like buying for Hugo. So Hugo's got like a great big like metal. (laughs) That is cool. Tow truck. Yeah. Like Like a Tonka old school. Yeah. It's just metal. It's probably from the 70s. It's big. No way. It's heavy and like will survive a thousand children cause that is really cool till the end of time so he's got a few of those mm-hmm. and some old like fisher price yep stuff that if you were to see any of a whole bunch of stuff that just if you were to see it you'd be like i definitely had that or i knew like my you knew somebody had, had it, it or my aunt so it was like there's a little um, the little people yeah he's got some of those so like um uh, what is it a medicine kit yeah, oh, yeah, with the box that used to pop open, and it's got, like, the, the heart. The thermometer. Thermometer. Yeah, yeah. Oh, shit, the no way. So, like, stuff like that, or, like, the the station. Oh, I don't know how to describe it. But there's, like, the square station with, like, the, they're, like, fairy tales. So there's, like, a rabbit and a Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. And, and they kind of slide through like the thing. They and make noise and speak. Yeah. And, yeah, like. Those are great toys, though. If you were though. to see it, you'd be like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Someone I know had that. 
everything is really colorful. But like the med, I think the med- medicine kit was like a like a tan colored kit. It had like a yeah. little box that looked like you would go do house calls. Yeah, it was so cool, like man. All those like so just from going to garage sales and like picking up old toys and. That's awesome. Yeah. That's weird how like that was a huge thing for kids before, but like today too. I think I was reading about um like gender, like making toys gender biased. Yeah. When we were kids, I don't think that was an issue. Like everything, like you had Fisher Price that could be for anybody. Like the farmer and the the whole animal area thing, and the, you'd open up the farm kit. They would make a moo or whatever when you opened it. Yeah, and had all the toys thing. in there. Yeah. Like those are cool, man. But anybody had those. Yeah. It's like all the kids had them. But now there's like a real conscious decision to make sure that you're not making that a boy toy or a girl toy. Yeah. They're saying like, don't make them pink because that forces girls to think, well, I can only be a farmer. Or I can only be a doctor. And don't make them blue because that makes boys think I can only be a farmer or a doctor. Kind of pain in the butt. Yeah. It's kind of funny because like we're pretty liberal and hippie in a lot of things. Yeah. And like he's such a boy. Or it just happens. Just trucks. Yeah. Trucks. Truck. Yeah, truck. man. Combine. Just Tractor. loves that stuff. Just That's awesome. Loader. All of it. Just like. Yeah. He wakes up in the morning and is like, truck? And <laughs> like, Buddy, you're killing me here. <laughs> you're killing me here. <laughs> yeah. I don't want you to be a truck driver. Not that there's anything wrong with being a truck driver. <laughs> yeah. So it's like he's, yeah, he's, yeah. he's into all that. But it's just funny how they do that. And even I noticed, you know, when he was younger, playing with kids a bit older, and I was like. You know, I kind of have to watch because I don't really pretend play with him. We just yeah. kind of play. And then a friend of ours was like, they just, like, get that out of nowhere. And yeah. then now he'll sit there by himself and, like, jibber-jabber about things and crash. And, like, do so they just, like, it's, you know, human brain. Yeah, man. It's crazy. It's it's funny how it just kind of happens. Yeah. Like, girls, well, I was, um, my niece used to be here quite a bit. I think we were talking about earlier. And I remember for Halloween one year, I... Like, we started watching a lot of that uh, when Gene Simmons was doing that the show with the kids. I think he went to the UK and taught a bunch of kids in a school, like a school of rock okay. thing. And she just, like, started really getting into Gene Simmons. And she was, like, three. Yeah. So for her, she's starting to say things like, Gene Simmons does this and the kids and that, and she's getting super verbal. So for me, I started I started thinking, like, maybe I should show her what Kiss is all about. Because, yeah. like, I like Kiss. <laughs> maybe she'll put two and two together. And yeah. she saw him as the demon. Yeah. And so he hadn't freaked out. She's like, that's the coolest thing ever. Like, Halloween is right around the corner. So then, then she turns four, and Halloween shows up. And all of that year, we're talking about how she's going to dress up as Gene Simmons, and I'll dress up as Ace Freely, or Paul Stanley, sorry. And I'll be the star child, and she'll be the demon. And then as soon as Halloween rolled around, she wanted to be a princess, and there's nothing I could do about it. Yeah. Like, that was it. I'm going to be a princess. I don't want to be Gene Simmons. I'm going to be a princess. I'm like, what the hell happened? Like, like, we had a thing. We had a thing. I was going to wear this thing and the, the wig and all that crap. And no, man, she's just like, no, princess, because princesses are what I want to be. I want the dress and the top hat and the, and the wavy wand. And sure, shit, that year she was a princess. There's nothing I could do about it. But next year she wanted to be Spider-Man. So it's weird how that happens. Like, she was just jumping. I, she was never into that whole idea of, like, girls' toys, boys' toys. That was just, it was just toys. Toys are toys. Yeah. Spider-Man could be anybody. So I think that was, like, pretty progressive of her, I guess, <laughs> being a four-year-old. Yeah, kids are pretty, like, yeah, you try to avoid, like, putting your, your own shit your own influences on your baggage on them yeah like yeah. whether good stuff or even if you're trying to be good they have a lot of personality on their mm-hmm. own and you kind of just gotta gotta roll with it like yeah you know i know uh my niece the middle one like for halloween stories she always kind of wanted to be scary yeah you know she was just that kid who was just like she wasn't the princessy what her older sister was and she was like halloween comes she's like i want to be uh, a dementor Oh, great. Yeah. All right, then. Yeah. I just want to suck the happiness <laughs> out of stuff. And you're just like, she's like, 
like scowly and like just like all right but then like other time normal kid but she just thinks that's awesome yeah that's her thing so like to try to you know it's it's easy for parents to like get uncomfortable with ideas and be like well you shouldn't be like that and you know you just gotta like as long as they're good little people yeah i think let them play like let them do whatever yeah i think that's like the uh the issue right i mean you just want to make sure they're not gonna grow up to be a serial killer like if she's like a dementor is cool for halloween but you got to be nice to people every other day of the week like all right that's a good kid i did right or she's like, Dementors are cool. I want to kill the neighbor's cat. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. That's, uh, that's a little far out yeah. there. Getting to see empathy in your child is always like, check, yeah. check the not a psychopath off your list. And exactly. I had that experience once I wrote with Hugo. So it was like, mm. all right. He had a dead ladybug, but he was playing with it and then accidentally like crushed it a little bit. Oh. And he was just like heartbroken, like shaking, crying, like, oh my God. Oh, like, no. And I was just like, oh, all right. We're doing all right. Yeah. <laughs> We're doing all not, right there. Not a psychopath. <laughs> not a psychopath. <laughs> I wonder if that line drew, like, what what happens? I mean, obviously there are outside influences and maybe unchecked issues with the kid as well. Yeah. That lead to psychopaths. Uh, so. This is kind of like you write up yeah, your alley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. actually. So I, I took psychology in university. Mm-hmm. So my, and I've studied this a little bit post uh, school, but my understanding of the the kind of scientific view that I uh, kind of will follow is that there are there what you would call or what my professor would call a true watch your back type psychopath. <laughs> All he, right. would, he would say it like that every time when he meant it. And then there's like a sociopath. So mm-hmm. the kind of the way I was divided up is that a true watch your back type psychopath is absolutely born that way, can never be cured of that. They're That's just it. from the moment they are born, they are different. There's like something bent. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone around them knows it. Their parents know it. They could have <laughs> multiple kids and they'll just be like, they would just be like this deadness in their eyes. Like from the very beginning that they're just like something's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's that Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. Like the good just, son. Yeah. And then, yeah. and he would kind of talk about how like when in previous societies, mm-hmm. that baby or child would probably just get left in the woods and that's nuts man it would just kind of be not mentioned again yeah but we have a different society now where kind of everyone's kept track of so we have a lot more active psychopaths currently in our society than we would otherwise and then so uh, on top of that i think you're looking at an incidence rate of about uh i was gonna say one percent but maybe that's high maybe it's like half a percent Mm -hmm. but still we're in a city of a million people half percent is a lot of people man so you're looking at 5,000 people. 5,000 people could be psychopaths. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Man, and not sociopaths. So sociopaths. Yeah, and then a sociopath would be someone who kind of was normal but has been kind of trained through, like, awful childhood mm-hmm. bad things and all things happening to them. Who that basically, nature versus nurture yeah. thing? Yeah. Yeah. And when you look at a brain scan of someone, like a psychopath, mm-hmm. that they are absolutely different. It just fires differently in there. Yeah. Yeah. It just doesn't work the same way. Yeah. I've always had that theory, and uh, I've said it here a couple times before as well, about like how the brain is like Canada 300 years ago, how there's nobody here. Like, I mean, it's pretty barren, and then people start walking from place A to place B, and it becomes a trail. That trail eventually gets beat down so much that as people walk by, they start breaking branches to make sure the overgrowth doesn't happen in the trail. That trail becomes used so much, it becomes a road, and the road gets paved, and then you just decide that's the way we get there because we've been doing it for so long not realizing if you go left or right there might be a shorter way to get around the mountain but eventually that becomes so beat down and used that's just how we do it 
and like you can't change it after a while. And if you do want to change it, it takes a lot of work. Yeah. You know, you got to either use resources to build a new road or break this road down to make it bigger and wider and faster and easier to use. In my head, the brain is like that. You end up using that road so much, the grooves become so deep that you can't really break out of it. I think that's more that, that sociopath. Yeah. Where, you know, it's just the road has been used. Yeah. Whereas like the psychopath is just, it's been nuked from day one. <laughs> it's just It's just barren, scorched earth right from the start. And it can't, like, you can't build roads. Like, it's those rocky enclaves everywhere. Yeah. You can't get around it. Yeah, and they're just, they are just, they're just different. They just That's like the Jeffrey Dahmer. Humans are, um, in, a, in a normal brain, mm-hmm. uh, humans have, humans and animals all have kind of a special place. Mm-hmm. And you, you, if I look around this room, you're a person, you're a living thing, and then there's a bunch of inanimate objects. Yep. To a psychopath? This is just a room of objects. Yeah. It's just stuff. So when you look or when they look at you, that's when people talk about getting chills and stuff. Mm -hmm. Because they look at you with such dead eyes. Like they just like you're just You're a a, thing. An ant, a thing. How can I use you to get what I want? And it's just like and you can tell. Yeah. You can feel it. You just know it. Yeah. And you're like, It's so strange. Right about that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Something was off about that dude. Because, like, as humans, I think we, um, I I can't remember what it's called, but we humanize inanimate objects, like things that don't have a life to it. Like, your bunny rabbit is a little kid, the stuffed animal. Anthropomorphic? I think, yeah, I think that's what it is. Because, yeah, anthropomorphize. We anthropomorphize things around us. It's like we have, like, a, it's like my table. This is my table. Like, I can't imagine if somebody walked with an axe and hit my table. I'd be choked. Yeah. I'd put the legs in this motherfucker. That table didn't do anything to anyone. <laughs> didn't do anything to anyone. <laughs> Just sitting here minding its own business and you smashed it. Yeah. I'd feel so bad about that. But they wouldn't. To them, they, they don't anthropomorphize things. Yeah. It's just like everything is just there for a purpose to serve them. Yeah. That's scary, man. <laughs> you, you put chills in me. That's, that's <laughs> weird. Man, I would love to, like, I don't know. I think I would love to learn more about that. Get into a little bit more of the, the reading about why that happens. I know um, I was reading about how people who are psychopaths tend to get more into neurosciences, into social, I guess like um, not social, into psychology sciences to learn more about themselves or why their brain works the way it works. I think one of those shooters, um, either the, the guy who shot up the uh, the theater, I think he did that. Like he was getting into, his his schooling was mostly for him to learn about why his brain was working the way it was working, yeah. which is like kind of terrifying. How many psychiatrists and psychologists are actually a little bit, a little bit off? Yeah, well, it's interesting because the the one thing I'll always say is like like we'll talk. Uh, Hannibal Lecter is always given his example as a as a psychopath or someone a pure psychopath. Yeah, yeah. Um, the hard thing with him would be he's too accomplished. Really? So again, and this is you know there's probably other people who maybe would argue differently, but the mm-hmm. way I understand it is they're often be- they're they're very. Uh, you know, short-tempered. Like the, it's, they they're not patient. Mm-hmm. They don't the long-term planning and like working towards a goal isn't usually what you're looking at. You're looking at like petty crimes and assaults and and uh, looking for um, um, kind of they get angry quickly and and they're you know so so to to take a multi-step process of becoming like accomplished and then being a doctor and then get into a situation. It just yeah. seems really unlikely or it's not that he would be a psychopath. Yeah. Not in that, and not in that kind of born with it sense. Now, yeah. Maybe you could be really smart and get yourself into a situation where you're bored with life and you have an existential crisis and you start like going off the deep end Yeah. and being like a Hannibal Lecter type. And it's like, m- maybe that would make more sense where you mm. kind of think you've become a God, but you probably wouldn't be that pure psychopath 
from birth type of person. Yeah. Because of the hoops it would take to get there. That would the road that you would take to get into that position. Yeah, yeah. it would just be too much work. Yeah, like, it'd be a lot. They're man. not like into like work and sacrifice. They're about like manipulation and getting now, and like they're like children. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, they are. Yeah, children. Yeah, they are like little kids who know how to manipulate their parents. Yeah, that's more what they're like. They're, yeah. they'll just say anything and not be bashful and lie to get what they want, but they they can't develop long term relationships. No, and, like, stay in a school for nine years or something like it would just never happen yeah that kind of character wouldn't do that i wonder if like have we ever seen a tv character that's actually been like a pure psychopath or at least like a lead character like i could maybe think of freddy krueger yeah. as and that'd be it i mean regardless that he is a horror character but like i think as far as characters go like he's indiscriminate in who he kills if you piss him off he's gonna kill you even his background where he's like he kills children in his background yeah or it's like jason in, in friday the 13th won't kill animals or kids. Yeah, and they're like revenge based. Right? They're revenge based. You know, I mean, you killed my mother and you did it because you were in the woods having sex and she caught you. So now it's like human teenage pheromone set him off yeah. and just thuds you with his axe. Whereas, yeah, Freddy Krueger just kills anybody. Even like Dexter, where he's kind of like less of a psychopath and more of he's cleaning the world in his mind, right? Yeah. And they've, I guess they, you know, the way they, I did watch a bit of Dexter. I don't watch a lot of TV or programming, mm -hmm. but they, they tried to put him as a psychopath with that moral compass laid on top of it right yeah that was their their shtick on that yep. show right so um it's it's strange yeah how how tv makes you want a character you can empathize with and they can't really give you that that character yeah i've been a couple games that are like that video games that will do that like i just got into um dan kept playing fallout 4 so eventually i'm like oh it's on sale in the steam store so i'll pick it up and you try to play it as a villain and it just doesn't work because eventually, like, you get through it and you're playing it and you're like, I just don't like being a bad guy. Like, I want to I wanna be the good guy. Like, everybody wants that hero moment in the game, right? So, like, you know, I, the hero music doesn't sound so appealing when I'm just, like, slaughtering people for fun. It's just, it's just not the same. Yeah. And even then, it's like, it's it's not really something that that you you can sell, I don't think. I think Infamous was another one of the games that let you have, like, a bad guy role and a good guy role. And the, the good guy role is just way more appealing than the bad guy role. You just don't want to be that character. The only... The last game I got into, which was ages ago, was Knights of the Old Republic. Mm -hmm. So, again, you could kind of choose your own path. And I yeah. found I played it through both ways, mm -hmm. and neither one was very satisfying. Really? Um, Completely satisfying? You mean like there wasn't a complete fulfillment of the end? No, in terms of like just playing. So when you were a pure Jedi, mm -hmm. and you were getting into situations, and then someone would piss you off. And you're a Jedi, so you're just like, oh, man, that's cool. <laughs> I got that just slide, man. Yeah, yeah, you know, like... This would be a lot easier if you just cooperate and they're just being <laughs> assholes about it. And then you just have to, like, walk away and do another task to get around the thing because they're not cooperating. Yeah. And that wasn't very satisfying. But you're like, oh, but every time you get in that situation and you do the good Jedi thing, you can get another light point mm -hmm. to make your character, like, 100% light, which would give you bonuses. Yeah. So I was like, oh. could you like force them into it? So then, but it, that would be not a very light thing to do. Brutal. So then you, there would be a, a kind of a neutral thing. So you wouldn't get a point. So yeah. And you, so you either, and I, my goal was either to be a hundred percent light. So mm -hmm. I would have the light guy bonus or be like a hundred percent dark. The so villain like, bonus. So you would have like plus 10 electricity. Bonus oh man. <laughs> so then you would go that way. So then it was like, you know, sometimes killing everyone would not allow you to get certain tasks because everyone's uh, dead so they couldn't give you the information you wanted mm -hmm. but going the other way it would be like yeah some guy would just be so what i learned was basically that i wouldn't make a very good jedi and probably would be that kind of 
the gray yeah, area. The, the gray area in between would be probably where I would end up. The anti-hero. Yeah. The anti-hero always does well. Yeah. I think like nowhere have we seen it so much like that. Deadpool. Like not a lot of people knew who Deadpool was. Yeah. That movie showed up and you realize, oh, he's a fun anti-hero. <laughs> and people just swarmed to it. Like they were so drawn to this character. Even though he's not a great guy. I mean, he's killing people as a mercenary and then he becomes a deformed mercenary and he still kills people. This indiscriminate killer. Yeah. But I mean, he's got a revenge Paul, uh, a revenge like mission to go on, right? So it works for him. And he has humor. And he's got a lot of humor, yeah. I mean, he jerks off that tiny little hand just to see how big his dick's going to look. Like, <laughs> that's, that's great. So. The weird humor is awesome. Like, I love a good weird story more than I love like a, a strong moral story. Yeah. So, I mean, the more I get a weirdness, the happier I am. Not too shabby, man. Yeah, so we do a thing here, uh, the highs and lows, and then the what are you looking forward to? Okay. So that's kind of been like the, the thing that we, we've tried doing since our 30th episode. Okay. We realize that it is time for us to grow up. Like we're getting to the place where more people watch us now and more people listen to the show. We're getting a, a pretty good user base. <laughs> our YouTube went down, funny enough, like once our iTunes got bigger. Yeah. But at least they moved from one format to the other. Well, there's a podcast. Like I, I don't think you had the podcast in the normal podcast circles when you first started. No, the first 10 were only YouTube. Yeah. So I watched them, listened to them on YouTube. Yeah. And then soon as they were available in my podcast app yep i stopped watching everybody went yeah and <laughs> we're not really a visual show like yeah. the the stuff that we do with the loot crate i try to keep that just for youtube because yeah. nobody wants to listen to us open a box Ooh, oh, nice. oh what'd you get hey, oh, oh hey, hey give me that. i'd like that one it's like what what <laughs> what are you doing like all this shit was just so we wouldn't rock paper scissors for a year or two so now it's like roll the dice like pick your dice and roll it biggest number wins because, like, friggin' Dan and Ghost and uh, me and Luke, we can't rock, paper, scissors. Because we'll just keep doing it until our hands get tired. Right. It's awful. <laughs> so, I don't know if um, if it got to... I think we mentioned it, maybe. Do you have a high? Like, was there something this week or this month that you saw that was kind of like a, a buzz on your radar? Uh, so, on some sort of media? That anything. Could be whatever, man. Could be anything you like. Um, something caught your attention. This last week, I watched... Um, oh, what's his name? Stephen Fry in America. Oh, right on. I watch a lot of like documentaries on Netflix. That's good. So it was just it's like, good for that. It was just kind of like it's an English comedian actor mm -hmm. going around America from his English mm -hmm. comedian. And he's a sharp dude. View. Yeah. Yeah, he's a really sharp guy. So yeah, I was just uh, watching some of that. So that was kind of what I've watched this week, I guess. That That's cool, man. Entertaining and... Does it, he do the as expected? I guess. Yeah, is it very much like a like a place to place? He wanders from all across the U.S. and just. Yeah, I think it's six episodes, and he hits every state in that time. So kind of went, you know, upper East Coast, mm -hmm. deep South, kind of Midwest. It's a big range. Yeah, yeah. So he, there's some stuff like where he like, essentially drives through a state. And, <laughs> and that, and that, that's the significance of yeah. of like well, Wyoming. This state has stuff. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's the states are fun to drive through though. Yeah. Have you gone through at all in the U.S. on a road trip yet? Uh, I haven't been through parts of it, I guess. When I drove across Canada, mm -hmm. dipped into the states, and then when I, I came back through Canada, um, but no, not not a lot of huge road trips. In the Big states. ones, eh? Yeah, that's all right. I mean, sooner or later, like now that the family's there, yeah. that van life thing, like yeah. set up a little van and go go travel through the U.S. Maybe you know uh, Steinbeck did that. With uh, travels, I don't know if you read Travels with Charlie. No. He had a uh, a blue poodle, and he just decided. I think he was like sixty five or sixty three years old. He's decided I'm gonna get into a truck and drive across the U S. And he goes on this crazy trip. And I mean, you don't know how much of it is fiction, how much of it is fact. Yeah. 
but it's a pretty honest book. So, I mean, I don't think tons of it is really, really fictional or, or fictionalized based on what he did. But he got Ford to build him. I'm not sure if it was the first ever camper, but they refined the camper back for his F-150 or F-100 at that time, I think. Mm. And this is like right around Vietnam. I think it's like 67 or 68. So he goes through and sees some crazy shit in the U.S. So some nutty stuff. When I was a kid, I used to love that book. So it inspired me to drive across the U.S. It's a weird place, man. It's a strange place to go through. different from place to place. It really is. Region to region, like. And the people are across the country completely different. Whereas I feel like I've, I've never gone east, like far east in Canada, but at least out to Winnipeg, it, it feels pretty much like Alberta all the way across, <laughs> except for Vancouver. They don't, don't, don't tell them that. Yeah, don't tell them that. But the same feeling is there. Like the people really don't change their views too much. Yep. Whereas in the States, they change their views from like region to region pretty fast. Well, I just thought it was interesting. I've driven to Washington a couple times mm-hmm. and like you're down in southern Alberta, southern B.C., and like you cross the border and you're like America 15 miles into and everyone has accents yes because they're in Idaho yeah right away and you're like there's like there was no transition (laughs) there was no like people in the southern Canada have a little bit of an accent and then you cross and it's there and then as you go deeper no it's like cross that border we're in Idaho now yeah right away it's like I don't it is odd because like really it's an it's an imaginary line yeah the people aren't that different like the industry isn't that different the the farming isn't that different but all of a sudden there's a there's an accent yeah yeah you go into like uh wisconsin or minnesota and yeah right away accents they sound more canadian though than anybody else in the u.s yeah i I could buy you as canada (laughs) every now and then like i got nothing else to do after work i'll flip on the old dr phil show and you can tell when he's got canadian guests (laughs) Because like that accent is hard to hard to ignore, hard to miss. It's weird how you don't realize how hard it how hard it is to miss until you're Canadian listening to another Canadian yeah. in America. They're like that guy's Canadian, <laughs> guaranteed. Yeah, it's so like flat and yeah, yeah, it's flat and polite. Yeah. We got a way to speak about us, you know. It's like <laughs> all right, Fargo. Yeah. Now I know why you talk like that. That's all right, man. Yeah, it's um, it's it's a weird place to go through if you're driving. Cause I did um a couple trips where I did straight down from Winnipeg into into Florida, and it was over the course of three or four days. Like North Dakota was fairly fairly Canadian-ish, but you definitely know you're in the U.S. The flags are everywhere. There's motorcycles with no helmets. Yeah, right away. So you know you're you're somewhere they don't give a shit. <laughs> I mean, you don't know who's packing. <laughs> There's a lot more guns across the border. You don't know. Yeah. Don't make eye contact and drive. But the further south I got, and, you know, you see a lot more black people. Because let's face it, Canada has got a big, like, African-Canadian, Afro-Canadian, I guess, up here population. But yeah. not as dense as it is in the States. And, man, they're just they're people who are just nice to you. So who gives a shit, right? Yeah, and it's I struggled with that. Seeing that many? No. God, that obviously would sound bad. No, <laughs> when I was in New Look, Orleans. <laughs> it's not a bad thing. Whatever, man. It's, no, the thing it's I reality in Canada. With, I was in New Orleans. Yeah. And you're at a hotel and, you know, there's a 50-some-year-old black gentleman working at the hotel Mm -hmm. who's like, how you doing today, sir? And I'm like, you don't need to call me, sir. Like, (laughs) I'm just like a guy and, like, you're being really polite in it, but it sounds to me like... That you're saying it because I'm white and you're black. Yeah, and I don't don't feel very comfortable (laughs) with that because I understand the history of what happened down here. Yeah. And, like, me and you are the same. (laughs) We don't need to... You know, like, white apologist. Yeah, like I, did. I, just, <laughs> I felt that was like the most uncomfortable thing of being there. It was just like yeah. they're just like incredibly polite, and you know everyone's super nice. But it's just like I feel like you don't need to say like that. 
they might be nice, but they're like stupid cracker. <laughs> you stupid white guy. Yeah. I got I got to work here and yeah, just get like, you into I'm my hotel like, room. Man, like could try to you know talk a bit and everyone like I said everyone's super nice and yeah. it's great. But like I feel bad because mm-hmm. it's like you don't have to be that nice to me, man. <laughs> that's that's a funny thing. I mean, it's from my perspective. I, I don't know what that feels like. Yeah. Like I don't. I'm. They don't know what the hell I am. <laughs> I could be from Mexico or Hawaii or India. They don't know what's going on, right? Yeah. So for me, it's a little bit weird sometimes. Like I don't. I don't. I've never felt that feeling. But man, some people really feel it. Like you, you felt it there, right? The the whole idea that you gotta apologize because you're you're white and they're black and they're calling you sir. Yeah. In a hotel, in the south. That's bonkers, man. Yeah. No, yeah. It was just like yeah. It was just it was just weird because there's you know lots of other people who are from Texas who are mm-hmm. there and that's what they expect and yeah. you know they're that's just the way they were raised yeah. in their mind generationally like four or five generations ago that was just that was commonplace yeah. like a hard line commonplace. I think, um, like, as a minority, it doesn't bother me that you're a white guy. Well, anybody, if I'm working, because I've worked in, in service industry a long time. Yeah, I mean, we both have bars yeah. and the hotels and all that, whatever. It doesn't bother me if somebody walks up and says, if I if I call somebody, hey, sir, or Mr. So-and-so, whatever. Yeah. It's It bothers me more if it's demanded of me to call you that. Yeah. Or it's expected because I'm a minority and you're not. Yeah. So far, that's what that's the issue I think most people take. The whole apologist thing, I think nobody really gives a shit about it. Nobody, nobody, nobody wants that. Yeah, and I'm, a lot of it's probably just habit and whatever. I think but so. Just and I, that was kind of my first time in the South, mm-hmm. even before that we were in Texas, and uh, so this was on a trip to watch football. So we, down there. so we were in Texas, and it was a little different. But yeah, being in like Louisiana, yeah, um, I think you would just have to, you would get more comfortable with it and. Yeah, yeah, just just kind of roll with do it. Do your own things, but yeah, it was definitely something where I was just like, man, I don't. Yeah, it's, feel right. it, it's odd, <laughs> but I did find um, the first time I was in uh, northern Florida, like right by the border of Georgia. Mm. People started saying "ma'am" and "sir" and all that when I was out there because I was there with there with some with some other people, mm. and you'd be addressed as like "sir" and "ma'am" and "Mr." and "Miss," mm. and I was like, "Wow, you're all you're all like super polite. Like you guys are really polite." And it didn't. I didn't feel that the first time I was there was in the early two thousands. I didn't feel that um, that need to, I guess, like to, uh, to acknowledge that I'm a minority, or I'm there with white people and black people, and there were white people calling us sir and ma'am, and there was like black people calling us sir and ma'am. It just felt like politeness in general. Now that could be the Canadian in me, who well, just like you know we're just used to doing that up here. Yeah, yeah, it could be. Because I mean, we are un- unnecessarily polite. That's what we've been told. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I think so. Yeah, I think people are. I think we are. Like, it's maybe like like Dan was talking about how he has certain words he'll say without realizing that he means other words. Like, he'll say, I'm sorry or no in just as a response and not realize that it comes across as like an apology or like stop talking about what you're talking about. He just means to say and like, but instead he's like, sorry or no. It's like, no, what you mean is like and like what I meant. It just happens. Like, here, if I open a door before somebody else, I'll say, I'm sorry. Like, oh, shit, I didn't mean that. What I meant was like, no, you. Like, yeah. go ahead. You go first. Yeah, no, it's good. But it's, I don't know. I think that's a great thing about Canada. Yeah, it is cool. I mean, we have a, we're very easygoing. We relax. But uh, I don't think we're we're expecting or we expect to offend anybody or are expecting to be offended. Yeah. It's just, that's just what we are. Yeah, who knows? But yeah, like you said, that line in the U.S., like the borderline happens and across the border. Mm-mm. I don't give a shit. Yeah. They don't it's care, just, man. Things are different, for sure. Things yeah. are different. So it's nice to travel to give yourself some perspective oh, yeah. kind of on, on your own place and where you're from. And you know. Yeah, man. 
Are you looking forward to doing a lot of family traveling? Like that's got to be something that's coming up. Yeah, we've done some. We have done some. We're going to Hawaii on Wednesday. Oh, wait, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Back to America. It's That'd be kind of cool. There pretty significantly apparently this week. In Hawaii. Yeah. What? Up, well, they they the do in the big mountain. Yeah, yeah in the big so, mountain they got some snow yeah, up there. Which, so it's not uh, not uh, you know, unusual. But mm-hmm. Apparently they had an unusual amount. So we'll see how that. Oh, goes. snow up in the big hill. Yeah. That'd be kind of cool to see. Yeah. Have you done Hawaii before? I've I've not. You have not. No. I did it the one time. It was a lot of fun. It was cool. But um, it was cool to see how there's always like a cloud coverage that moves a certain way. Like certain times of day, that cloud will just be there, and then as and by clockwork, then it's not. That's it's neat to see like an island with its own environment, because like we have such a sweeping environment in Canada, that we're not used to it, right? I mean, we don't have a standard stationary cloud. That's that's a three o'clock cloud. <laughs> that's gonna be there at three. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. So that'll be our first kind of long distance flight with Hugo. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's been yeah. on a few flights. He's been down to Palm Springs a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, That's about twice as long as that. Yeah. Yeah. And he's been out to Ontario. So he's been on a few flights. He travels good. Mm-hmm. But we like to do – we have a thing with our parenting that we really like to try to do as much as things that we would normally do, mm-hmm. you know, kind of in spite or because we have kids. Yeah. So we, you know, we – Well, it makes them rugged. Yeah. We, we, you know, when he was nine months old, we went backcountry camping. That's really cool, man. So we hiked 20 kilometers into the backcountry. And he handled that well. Stayed for two nights and hiked out. That's really awesome. But nine months is like pretty explore. Like they're explorative. They, they, they want to learn things at nine months, right? They're looking around a lot. Well, we found, I think we really like hit the sweet spot on that mm-hmm. because he was just the age that he still slept a lot. Yeah. So he slept, actually, no, wait, he was seven months. Anyway, he slept the majority of the time we were hiking. Oh, you, wow. you had like eight hours of hiking in, right? Yeah. So he's in the carrier. Tracy carried him. I carried everything. The else. stuff. So I had like a. You're like, the pack horse. I had like, <laughs> like a probably an eighty pound pack. Oh wow! And he, she had him, and between him and some of his supplies, you know, he's twenty five pounds. The packs eight, so she still had like forty five plus pounds. Yeah. And uh, so he slept for a lot of the traveling part. Mm-hmm. Where if we were to do the exact same trip now, he would like lose his mind after oh, about man. an hour and a half because he'd just be bored to death. Right? Yeah, I mean he can't just sit on one of you yeah. for that long. So you'd have to get him out, and then he would kind of walk around. You try to get him to walk the trail, and he would be wanting to like pick up berries, and then <laughs> you'd be like, it would just be a nightmare. So we now we have to do much shorter things. Mm-hmm. We find different ways of getting him out, but yeah, that that was like a pretty significant one that we felt like we got. You know, lots of people would we would see back in the backcountry would be like, "You have a baby." That's a baby. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> madness. And we're like, "No, it's fine. You just like be prepared and like he's a but baby." Yeah, he's a baby. He's not gonna. I mean, this is just like walking around a mall. Really, he just put some sunscreen on him and a hat, and he's good to go. Yeah, you just you plan ahead, get some. You know, I like gear. Get good gear. Yeah, and uh, gear is super important. Yeah, like good gear is like the most important thing. Yeah. So yeah, yeah you know, we weren't cold stormy we had it was in september so we saw a bit of snow and yeah yeah it was good and that's the kind of stuff we like to do we like to try to make sure we can do it so we have like uh one of those chariots you pull behind a bike Mm -hmm. we we can turn it put skis on it oh that's cool so we go skiing he like pulls (laughs) some cross country yeah that's really cool you can just be out there skiing oh wow so we're gonna like do that kind of stuff outdoorsy things just all this stuff because we used to ski before yeah not just because we have a kid that doesn't have to stop. Nope. Yeah. You keep going, doing your thing. Yeah. There are a lot of parents who treat their kids like a Fabergé egg. Yeah. 
and they they show it. I mean, you know, that hardcore 7 p.m. hits, summer or winter, and that kid has to be in bed. Our morning's going to be awful. Like, shit, man. I know some people who throw their kid around like a football. They they sleep when they sleep. They wake when they wake, and they're usually pretty good when they wake up. Yeah. Even if you schedule that kid. That kid will go to bed on a schedule if you tell him, like, that's bedtime, or put him down. When he wakes up in the morning, he's good to go. He's perky and happy, eats his food, doesn't scream or freak out or nothing. But yeah, some people treat their kids like they're just, that's a ticking time bomb. Like, don't look at him. Like, it's it's 6 a.m. Don't friggin' look at him. Look over here, because he will freak out. Like, shit, man. He's not gonna, he's not a T-Rex. Like, he's not gonna eat all of us. Yeah. Just chill. Everyone's different, but I, I really feel like um, our key to success mm-hmm. has been flexibility. Yeah. Like, just kind of rolling with it for a lot of things, and like, we used to uh tracy has family out in bc out in revelstoke i mm-hmm. love going to the mountains you know it's a seven hour drive yeah we do it straight now you know now it takes us nine so we have to plan differently because yeah. we got to stop and sometimes we'll break it up i'll go stay with my brother in calgary three hours and do it because now you got a kid he's not going to sit there for seven hours mm-hmm. so you got to break it up but if you just think oh i have a kid now but you know i'm I'm going to work, get off work, and we're going to drive all night, and it'll be fine. It's like, no, you're set, you got to set yourself up for success. You yeah. Ju- you got to be flexible now. It's like the kid's tired, we're pulling over. That's you a really good out. point. You know, you just got to, like, roll with it. Yeah, exactly. You can't, you can't just be, this is how it's done, or be super rigid, or this is what I want to accomplish. It's just like, things are different now. Yeah. And if you want to accomplish things, you you got to set yourself up for success and help your kid out. Yeah, Help man. Everyone out. That that's the most important thing I think. Like out of out of all that. Yeah, I know you're being like super liberal and democratic with the way you're answering. Like, oh, well, yeah, well, you know, everybody's different. But no, I I think you're right though. Like flexibility is key. I personally feel like flexibility is key. Like I saw a lot of my generation of uh, of family in our group, our cousins and whatnot. And shit, man. Like we used to sleep on piano benches at weddings and whatnot. If you're tired, you just that's where you were. Yeah. Like you just you had to be rugged. You had to be like a jeep. Then you see some like friends these days who just yeah their their kids are just you can't you can't ask him how you doing buddy it's like no don't ask him how he's doing he will lose it it's like God just really yeah. like come on man we didn't grow up like that I think some parents like that but not maybe not intentionally but mm-hmm. they like having that that dependency maybe they need the structure as much as the kids do could be so we're not super structured at home but we you know Tracy's not a morning person yeah. So Hugo stays up later than a lot of kids, but then he sleeps later. Mm-hmm. So that wor- that's what works with us. Now, if you're up at 6 a.m. every day and your kid sleeps till 9, mm-hmm. maybe you like that three hours and that's okay. But we like having – we're more night people. So yeah. if he's in bed by 8 or 9, you get a couple hours, you go to bed, and he sleeps 10 or 12 hours and yeah. is up. But if he, if he was to be up at 6 a.m., like – there's not having it. He's going to have <laughs> a grumpy mom, yeah, which is not going to do well for his well-being. Nobody's going to be happy. Yeah. So Everybody's pissed that off. Doesn't, that doesn't help anyone. So it's better to keep, you know, if, so if he was in bed early, if he went to bed at 6, sleeps his 12 hours, he's like, at 6 a.m., like, I'm It's up. cool. Yeah, I'm out. Yeah, I'm good to like, go. That wouldn't work for us. Yeah. Some people, that's okay. Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, you got to be flexible that way, but, and whatever works for you. But yeah. But for us, we're, we are a little later in the day, later And that's morning. worked out. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool, man. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. yeah, it's um, I don't know. Like I, I've, I've always, I always get the question. Like you're getting up there in years now. <laughs> when you gonna do the kid thing? I think like eventually it'd be kind of nice. Like it would be nice to have a little. I, I would love to have a little clone of myself. Yeah. And a little Boba Fett. I wish that was possible. Just walk up and like shove my arm out, and somebody just takes what they need, and here's a baby. <laughs> It'll grow at a normal rate. Don't worry about it. It's like <laughs> all right, cool. Maybe get like a little clone. But um, it's like I think for me anyway. That's that's one of the things I like to do. Is I like to move around quite a bit. I like to travel a lot. 
And it is nice to see people do that. Like, it is nice to see that it's like, that's not a hard and fast rule that, nope, you can't travel till he's two years old. Like, well, at two years old, he wants to run around and do stuff. And if he can't handle the world at two because you haven't set him up for that, then you're going to have, like, a rough time. It's actually, if anything, you have to do all your traveling before they're two. Yeah. Because once they become two, you have to buy them plane tickets. Oh, damn. That's right. Yeah. So you got you to gotta get it in beforehand. Yeah, because you can't just hold them in your lap anymore. No, Give them a free they, ride. You got to get their own seat. So, oh, like, man. You got to get it in early. 600 bucks to throw him in the seat to Hawaii, man. That ain't cheap. Yeah, yeah. So I would encourage you traveling with your kid before they're two. Yeah. They need it. They need that. Yeah. <laughs> and they they got to get in there cheap. Yeah. <laughs> That's brutal. So many things you don't think about, man, as a non-parent. Yeah. Yeah, like your, your monetary. Like, I mean, it's not cheap to raise a kid. Honestly, we Tracy saw some stat the other day about like it costs thirty some thousand dollars a year to raise yeah. a kid, and like she's like, I don't feel like we've spent five, five thousand, yeah, in two years. Probably, yeah, I don't know. Just from being smarter and more efficient. I, I mean, no, we we don't buy him a lot of so all those toys and all these cool things that he has yeah. were gifts from someone, which mm-hmm. we really did not encourage. We were like, don't buy him stuff. Yeah, like for when we when he was like. 10 months old his favorite toy from 10 months old to about a year and a half his favorite toy was the recycling bin in the kitchen because <laughs> it's like new stuff in there every day you pull it out and kids a little box roll, <laughs> and there's some boxes and there's some stuff you just dig it out and bring yeah. it around like he's good to go yeah this is like why are you buying him don't buy him toys and if you are gonna buy him toys don't buy him new toys yeah get something you use you or recycled or whatnot lots of kids out there who don't have stuff mm-hmm. you know give us money for his education fund Whatever, but he doesn't need things. Yes. Or get him experiences. Tracy's mom's really good. She lives in town here and watches him a lot. So she takes him to the zoo all the time or goes to the Space and Science Center. And, like, that's good stuff. Yeah, like, man. That's, like, great things for you. Like, that's do, a really good point. stuff with them. Experiences. Get them experiences. Yeah. Don't you know, Take them to the pool. Do anything, but don't buy them things. Yeah. That I wonder if that thirty thousand is like just because we're so used to things like as, as a as a culture in general the Western world likes stuff yeah. we like oh, stuff yeah. and we like clean new things like our mind is like a used car doesn't have my butt print on it like I want about my butt print on my new car only my butt print. only my butt print right so we kind of like translate that into the way we raise our raise our kids as well yeah it's like they have to have the newest and nicest things I didn't have that stuff so they will have that stuff yeah but like no man be responsible about what you get them. And I can be bad with that, like, especially with bikes or gear or things. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm a firm believer of, like, setting yourself up for success that way. So Tracy wasn't big into outdoors when we started doing stuff. So it was like, you're going to have good gear. You're going to know how to use it. And this yeah. is going to be a lot nicer. So you don't want to do it again. Yeah. Because I want, you know, I want us to do this stuff together. So if I was to do it and it was an awful experience, then it's like, well, there's no way we're getting out there. Again. Well, no, because he had such an awful time the first time. <laughs> like, I'm not fucking doing that yeah. ever and, again. And now, you know, she goes out with her girlfriends and she's like the most prepared like could you believe they didn't bring this <laughs> it's crazy man yeah. like i do a lot of overseas traveling i look back to my first pack that i ever packed and it was so amateur like it was the worst thing ever and now it's like shit my bag now it's like we're leaving in two weeks it's already packed and ready to go and it's not packed and ready to go in the sense that i don't know where everything is like i can still tetris everything into my bag and know where that shit's gonna go yeah. I mean, there's like a, there's one bungee cord and one tarp because you never know. It's not a big tarp. It's a small tarp. I don't need 30 shirts. Like I've got three shirts that I need that I know I'm going to use. It's like, you know, they have laundry over there, right? Yeah, you can wash your clothes. But the first time you go, you don't think that. No, you don't. Not at all. You're like, I gotta, well, what if I want to go out for dinner one night? 
And should I break those yeah. shoes? Well, I better just bring both those shoes. I should bring them both. Man, shoes. <laughs> That's, I, oh, yeah, that first pack was awful. Yeah. But then I did a, a three, well, not three months. It was seven weeks across country in India. And I quickly realized that, like, oh, I, like by the end of that trip, I'd given half my stuff in that bag away. And the other half was just being washed in a bucket in the washroom as I went. Yeah. And, yeah, you realize that I don't need anything. Like, I, I don't need any of this stuff. If I've got a toothbrush and some floss and I'll find toothpaste in the road somewhere, it doesn't matter. Yeah. If I don't, maybe I'll just use baking soda. I'll find some salt in some place and mix my own shit together. It's like, yeah, you really realize how little you need to like uh, to be to be okay just yeah. to go. So yeah, we've been doing. So I guess back to the kid thing. I think probably we've spent. We bought you know uh, a stroller, got a good deal on that. Mm-hmm. We bought some things like a car seat, things you have to have. Yeah, but it's like diapers. We got a lot of hand-me-down clothes from people. I really don't think we've spent a lot of money on them. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be that expensive. No. Yeah. Yeah, we, we have, that's the waste, man. We waste so much stuff. Do you guys use the uh, the cloth diapers? Do you use the uh, so we straight up pampers? have them. So we started, we intended on doing the cloth diapers, mm-hmm. brought them home, ended up kind of starting with the, the pampers or huggies or whatever. Um, and then kind of the intent was to switch them over at some point and then tracy got on him relatively early so he's like 90 percent potty trained now oh wow so he wears a diaper at night yeah one so one a day he goes through it. and even then not often he will get up in the morning and it's dry so yeah he just gets up in the morning and then it goes pee and not bad it's fine so um we've kind of skipped that step mm-hmm. and kind of trying to just go straight into just wearing underwear and you're good to go yeah you're all right Shoot, man, I was reading somewhere, somebody's talking about how, like, a newborn goes through something like 12 or 15 diapers a day. Like, like you change them all the time. Like, that's a lot of diapers, man. I think that's one of those Pampers myths. Yeah. I think Pampers created that myth to to sell more diapers. Yeah, that seems like a lot. That's a lot. And then, I guess when they're early, they're they're just, they're not, like, stinky when they're When they're, when they're like that newborns. little. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they're just kind of, like, they're on breast milk, and it kind of, there isn't a lot coming out anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I guess we did go through a lot of diapers. It's so long ago now. I can hardly remember. Two that. years. Yeah, <laughs> That's crazy. We'll be getting a fresh batch of that here coming up. Coming up pretty quick. Um, but yeah, the intent was to do cloths. I know Tracy was like, she's got a pretty hippie family. Mm-hmm. And a lot of So they were all kind of raised on cloth diapers. And that was our intent. We have a whole bin that we bought used. Yeah. She bought off Kijiji of this giant bin. Because they're expensive. Yeah, they're, they're not cheap. these cloth diapers. So we got the from someone who basically did the same thing. Mm-hmm. Who, went to this lady's house off Kijiji and she was like I intended to do this but I have three kids now I can't, <laughs> I can't care I I can't it's I can't <laughs> I just can't yeah. it's funny that used to be like such a millennial phrase like I just can't even yeah. but shit man like everybody said that like I just I can't <laughs> oh there are so many things that you want to care about that you really want to do right but it's so hard like I remember years and years ago, not to get too far off topic, I was watching, uh, I think it was Ted Danson on the Craig Kilborn show way back when he had that uh, that night, the late night. And it was as much of a, a water conservationist as Ted Danson is, he still needs piping hot water when he shaves. I'm like, yeah, there are just some things that doesn't matter how much of a hippie you want to be about it. Holy mackerel. Like there are certain things you can't live without. Like, I need my piping hot water when I shave. Shit, Ted Danson, like you're shaking the shower, man. Let's <laughs> get in there. It takes two minutes. Yeah. Down strokes only. Don't go against the grain. You're done. But that's just the way he was, right? That's his thing. So the intention, I think like that the intentions are there to be a nice, good, environmental, 
like environmentally conscious. Yeah. But it's hard sometimes, man. Like some things are just tough to get away from. Yeah, so or you'll do things in like one part of your life that's like really environmentally conscious and then other things you're just like eh. yeah, yeah it's tough like i mean i try not to wear anything leather yeah. i try really hard but like there are certain things that you just can't walk away from like you know maybe my belt is leather like i try really hard or you know there's a lot of i don't know where my shoes are made like i don't know they're made in a, in a factory that's that's using like you know people getting paid a nickel a yeah. nickel a week to make my shoes but then again you got your phone shit i don't know where my phone is made like it's yeah. it's hard to get away from there's some funny arguments with the animal animal products um, and uh, not getting too political here. You can lay off. I'm going to lay out some arguments, but they're not necessarily my no, personal man. ones. I mean, whatever. It's like even with the childbearing or child rearing thing. Yeah. Like these are just experiences. Yeah. Everybody's going to be different. But, you know, there's an interesting one. So like fur obviously mm-hmm. is something that is. Fur is murder, Cody. Yeah. Fur is not a very uh, a liked industry mm-hmm. in a lot of places where I do know people who either have lived in northern climates who like uh fur is kind of indispensable yeah based on where i am and what i'm doing alternatively there's also a point to be made that uh this fur coat will last 40 years and then disintegrate mm-hmm. and uh, go back to the earth go back to the earth yeah where your gore-tex jacket <laughs> covered in chemicals yeah that you replace every three years is going to sit in a landfill no when you sweat and get hot all those chemicals going to your skin? Yeah. <laughs> you're going to sit in a landfill for a couple millennia. That's crazy. So it's like, huh, like, what's uh, better? Yeah. That is, that is kind of, that's kind of scary. Yeah. That is, that is a weirdly scary thought that, yeah, like when you think about it, your fur coat will go back to the earth because everything on there is natural. Yeah. But that Gore-Tex, man, it's like those, uh, those six pack holders around the fish. Like, there's a reason the fish get so weird when they grow into that six-pack. Oh, the turtles? When it gets around them, all of a sudden you yeah. see that weird eight, like, number eight turtle? Because that yeah, shit doesn't like disintegrate. So that's super sad. Yeah. Ah, it's brutal. But, yeah, so that's, that's like, a funny thing where it's just, like, yes, we're using animals, and, like, I don't agree with that. But then when someone puts that argument out, you're like, oh, man. Like, that's we're going to have to argument. do some serious math here to figure yeah. out what, who, what benefits and what's worse. Yeah. yeah. Like, how much are we really putting, like, putting into landfills? Yeah. Man, I, I've never, like, done that thing where they, they talk about, like, zooming out. Zoom out in the globe and take a good hard look at... Because there's maps you can get online and show you how many landfills are where and where, like, all the missile silos are in the U.S. or what the hottest parts of the Earth are. Yeah. But it's it's a it's a weird rabbit hole to go down. And it can make you crazy with trying to be, like, environmentally conscious. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I think if I do that, I've got that kind of OCD that might end up trying to go too hard in one way. But then... A lot of the times, you know, you just got to do the best you can. Right? Yeah, man. You know, be like a good person. We do, we garden at home. We have a huge garden. It's like you guys do that three by three? No, we just most of our backyard. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. All right. <laughs> that's a yeah, giant <laughs> compost. I think. Trees. Well, he, told, he showed me. <laughs> it's like, all right. No, we just use most of our backyard. Yeah, like we have like a, we took, oh, I don't know. How big was it? Probably 20 feet by 15 feet mm-hmm. this year. And now next year we'll expand it to be twice that again oh, that's cool so to be the majority of our backyard will be garden mostly food and it was like when we bought a house i was like i'm not i <laughs> i understand the story of why we have green grass in north america yeah why we have lawns it's like a whole like historical context of like 
rich people in America trying to be like English wealthy. Yeah. And so if you have a green lawn, like you have a tennis court. And like, <laughs> so like it's an invented social construct that like I'm a good citizen because I have a green lawn. Mm-hmm. So like I did not really want to. To buy into that. To buy into that and to say like I'm not going to water. Mm-hmm. Grass. You're going to waste water on the lawn. Just to be a good citizen. Yeah. But I will grow food. That's a good that's a good thing to do though. I mean that's I'll, I'll put water into food. Yeah. So we have big rain barrels and we grow a garden and we have raspberries and we have all sorts of food products and we're we're growing food. So like that's, that's really cool. I'm into that. I'll I'll put money and effort into growing food. Are you doing the uh the jarring, like making jams and jellies? Yeah. We'll do that. Uh beets obviously always end up and uh Beats by Drake. Zucchini zucchini relish and uh, we have so much squash and so much things. I think next year our so take it to the next level. Mm-hmm. It's, it's never enough. Uh, Tracy wants to get bees. Oh no way! We're gonna be urban bee farmers. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah, My garden never looked as good as when I had I had a tree out here. I put a birdhouse into, yeah. and bees just went nuts in there. Like all of a sudden, I had I would say if you looked at my tree in the summertime. You could look at 45 to 50 bees around that tree all the time. Yeah. It made it tough to water the lawn sometimes, <laughs> watering the lawn. But because, uh, I mean, they would follow that water stream if it came back up and they would attack me. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, man, like my plants look great that entire year. Yeah, well, our apple tree did not get fruit this year mm-hmm. because uh, we had an early frost. Yeah. Flowered early frost and it didn't get a chance for the bees to get to the flowers. Mm-hmm. So we didn't. We had like six apples oh, instead rough. of like. 600 which mm-hmm. this tree is huge so yeah i there, don't see a lot of downsides to having bees no it's pretty good i mean they'll they'll make your garden beautiful especially with you if you've got a lot yeah. a lot of stuff back there i would like to i mean uh i do a lot of raspberries i've got potatoes i've got uh just some ground ground vegetables root vegetables and it's been great like to have it but i've never really kind of gone further into that like rabbit hole my mom, uh, years ago, tried to put in spinach. I think it was spinach and something else she put back there. But it didn't take, so she gave it up. But then I had my little pot, my little spot of land, and I started putting a bunch of those those veggies in. Yeah. And it feels really good. It yeah. feels great when you pull out, like, a bunch of these little tiny potatoes. You're like, yeah. God damn, those are my potatoes. Yeah. You eat them with your butter. You're like, fucking, I made those. Yeah. But then you got to get, like, root cellars and shit. And it's, it's, it is, like, if you've got, like, OCD, you can get pretty far into it and really, like, lose lose yourself in it. That's a good place to get lost in, though. Yeah, no, we really like it, and it's a. I don't do a lot. I just kind of do a lot of the heavy lifting and yeah, leave, the fertilizer leave the bags. To, yeah, leave the rest to Tracy. Do lots of wheelbarrows of dirt and things. The like man that. work. Yeah, <laughs> and let her do the the, the gardening part. But, yeah, uh, yeah, no, it's good. I, Not that we're gender like stereotyping. It. Well, it's she. It's her bag. But it is but her she'll thing. Be like, yeah, yeah I'll be like, I'm like, no, no, no. This is your thing. <laughs> I I don't want to get deep into this. Yeah. Because yeah. then we're both doing it. Yeah. And that's trouble. I just want to be hands off and be like, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's not my thing. Yeah. There was a, again, like an old CBC um, documentary. Do they still do those? They do the, uh, the hot docs, whatever it's called. They were talking about a family that moved up into northern BC and lived off the land for like a long time. Like Canada's version of Swiss family, Swiss family Robinson. Okay. He had like a, a little stream. So he built like a water, a water wheel and all that. And it was almost like the kids didn't want to do it, but dad forced them into it. And they came back 20 years later and everything's like all decrepit and run down. They were reminiscing about it. How they couldn't get up there in the wintertime. They would only go up in summer. When it snowed, they never came back down again. Yeah. But shit, like as as much as they were down on it, that's like a dream for me, man. <laughs> like go live way out in the middle of nowhere. Hopefully the Amazon guy can, I mean, when they get drones, they can deliver shit to me. 
But like, I don't want to see people all winter long. And not because I don't like people, but just like the idea of being out there in the middle of nowhere, that's always been super intriguing to me. There's a lot of wilderness out there. There is. Yeah. You know, like when you go on those road trips and you look at the mountain, I always want to live on the other side of the mountain. Like I know what's back there, but I want to go back there. Yeah, it's great. And there's like, once you're even just getting into the type of things that would allow you to get there. Mm-hmm. So like I've gotten into backcountry skiing uh, recently. So like not just cross country skis but you put like skins on so you can go up up a hill oh no way and then for i'll often do it for the purpose of skiing down it Mm -hmm. so it's like fresh snow but you're not at a ski hill and you're out there with just like two friends out in the middle of nowhere it's beautiful um but i love being on the road with Mm -hmm. that gear yeah it's like you know we could hit the ditch here if you want to i'm gearing up that's really cool on and i'm skiing out of here now, as a guy who who's never <laughs> done that before, yeah. yeah, that's that's a that's an awesome idea. Yeah. The bat like the skins on the skis, so you put skins on the bottoms of your skis, yeah, so that they like catch on the hill as you go up. So they're directional, yeah. So yeah. one, it's they actually used to be made of seal skins. Mm-hmm. Uh, now they're either nylon or mohair, mm-hmm. um, and uh, they yeah they're directional. So gliding forward all the hair lays down yeah you pull this way it all stands up like the you know like it's like rubbing the the pillow the wrong way yeah yeah that's exactly <laughs> what it is yeah and it's just nylon fiber or or mohair so i guess that's goat it mohair yeah mohair is something it's Arch. it's a goat or um what's the uh what's the other thing there not mule yeah it's it's like it's like a goat or something shit i don't know anyway i remember so years ago i heard a joke about mohair and i looked it up and i was like oh that's what it is but yeah i think you're right it's like goat or something yeah so anyway that so it's that so you can go up the hill mm-hmm. and you're not going like straight up yeah but like but on an incline you go yeah you go yeah. you know 20 degrees maybe you that's nuts. switch back your way up and you can take them off and you ski down <laughs> that's crazy man yeah. that like the fact that stuff like that is out there and it's not new like it's been around for a while oh yeah it's nuts. Like I love, I love outdoor technology. That stuff is just this crazy fun to me. Like one time years ago, I was broke overseas. I had nowhere else to go, but uh, I happened to have bought a tarp because I was with old brother Luke, and I had a tarp in my backpack, and I was able to stay under a tree with my tarp and my bungee cord for a couple hours. And it was raining. I was like, man, I am like independent as yeah, fuck. You like feel like, a, like yeah. Awesome. Yeah, you really feel great when you do it. Yeah. Like, I could do this. Now, I probably couldn't. <laughs> Chances are, like, once nighttime hits and the bugs get me, I'd be like, I, I want a hotel room, I want a pillow, <laughs> and I want, like, walls. <laughs> but, no, when I was out there in the rain, I was like, yeah, Rambo. <laughs> I'm really doing it. Well, it's like minus 40 is like that. Yeah. Like, when you get geared up and you're prepared, mm-hmm. you've got, like, winter boots and your gloves and the big jacket, and you go outside, and it's, like, dead quiet, mm-hmm. and the snow's crunching between your feet, and, and it's you're sunny, fine. and you're like... I could be at her all day. <laughs> I could do this forever. I'm ready for this. That was me when I got those uh, those hot hands, those things you open up and the heat hits them. And I put them into my shoes working the front door in a bar we all worked at. And it was cold. And I had those in. I'm like, mm I'm good. <laughs> it's like everybody else is cold, but I am good. Yeah. That was like minus 15. <laughs> it's not nearly the same. But yeah, so I, re- I also really enjoy like being able to. And yeah. That, that would be like my alternative life fantasy would be to get like into mountain guiding and like spend a life in the mountains that's really cool stuff man what do you think about the van life stuff you like that appeals to you van life yeah when you get like uh yeah live in a van or i've seen guys convert buses like with you a small family yeah Yeah, convert buses at least until the kids are are young enough while the kids are young enough to live in a bus with you right yeah let's go in the middle of nowhere i mean they don't don't live in there full time but just that's their summer 
like in their tiny house or their tiny vans. They they minimize the hell out of their lifestyle, and that's it. And it's cool, man. I mean, a lot of these guys really there's a there's like a, an architecture behind it, and they're inspired by other guys who do it, and they just go and have this this van life. Yeah, it's I don't know. It sounds great if you can yeah. pull it off. Yeah, that's your. You don't good have to enough. work all summer, then. Man, a blast is it. Like you have to, you have to be one of these guys who can afford to not work all summer long, yeah. right? Because, like, let's face it, if you got a day job and you rely on on feeding your family, it's not something you can do. Yeah, there's a lot of perspective things that change when you have family, and mm-hmm. you know, I'm not young anymore by any means, but not super old. But it's like everything you read and tells you is like the earlier you start saving for retirement, <laughs> the know? better it is yeah, in the long run. Not, you know, it's not sexy, but like, yeah, start pounding money away because you know you don't want to work when you're 75. No man, because then you're broken. Because <laughs> yeah. then you're broken and you're older and everything hurts. And you, you don't want to be like, well, Hugo. Yeah. This is your you. This is why we're I left putting you. all our resources into you. Your you legacy. You have to get successful <laughs> to pay for mom and dad to live. Because we're old and don't want to work anymore, and, and you're 25. Save, we didn't save a dime. <laughs> That's rough, man. I was, uh, like, even with the little kids, if I went anywhere, my nieces, nephews, and whatnot, if you go to a store, it's like, I won't, like, I know they're coming over, so I won't get myself a chocolate bar because they might want one. Yeah. It's like, you, you have to think that, but it's like, it's a million times more when you're a parent. You've got them around all the time. Yeah. That's something. You got something you're looking forward to this year? Or that while this year goes on, we got a few more weeks here left? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Just I'm hoping to get out, speaking of mountains and skiing and those sorts of things, hoping mm-hmm. to get out a bit. There's So I'm spending time up in Grand Prairie for work. Um, so there's some areas west of Grand Prairie where you're getting into mountains, not quite super steep rocky mountains, mm-hmm. but foothilly mountains that um, I think would be safe for me to explore That's by cool. myself. Yeah. Normally, when you're going back into skiing, you should go with a partner mm-hmm. because if I get buried in avalanche, they can dig me out. Um, <laughs> or ha- let let them know where you are. Yeah. So that kind of thing, because once you're buried, you're you're stuck. You got three minutes or something before yeah you run out of oxygen and you're in trouble. That's crazy. Um, so maybe it's fifteen. Depends on the slide. But yeah. anyway, uh, some areas that I've been scoping out that look safe to be out on your own and not very dangerous terrain. So I can just go out and get some skiing in and uh, be on the mountains alone. It's cool, man. Are you going to be doing that when you're in Hawaii? Anything uh, planned as far as like hiking or going out to the mountain? I might rent a bike. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like a bicycle. Yeah. Road, yeah. Road bike. There's some nice roads apparently for uh, for that sort of thing. So we'll yeah. See. It's pretty cool, yeah. man. Not too shabby. So that's that is Cody's year coming up. Yeah, in a nutshell. The rest of 2016, I guess, is that's what I got going on. Yeah, it's uh, we're getting close. That that one seven is around the corner. Yeah, not too bad. Well, it's cool that you came in today, man. Yeah, well, thanks. It was for a me. lot of fun. We flew by that one. That was uh, that was our that was, good. That was our little hour there. <laughs> we're trying. I mean, we've been trying to to narrow in our time a little bit more because yeah, we do tend to ramble, especially when you got guys here who all have like similar pop culture interests or whatnot. I would like to get more into doing things like this, like we, you know, spending more time talking to guys who have an outside interest than just comic books and video games and shit. Especially now that we're kind of growing up, we're 36 years old now. <laughs> well, the show is 36 episodes old now, yeah. so yeah, we need to we need to focus more on that. And hopefully, we'll have you back more, more yeah. and more in the new year. It'll be good stuff. It'll be good. You're not too far from us either. No. Yeah, right That's around the corner. 28, 28 minutes drive here. 28 minutes in the snow. Something like that. All right, yeah. not too shabby. Yeah. Cool, man. And your handle again. We're going to start. We're going to force it. We're, we're going to make it happen. Uh, we'll do at bicycleandrider.com. On Twitter. On Twitter. Cool, cool. This is the at BSFW podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Yep. Can be found on Facebook by searching BSFW podcast. 
I am your host, at VixAbe. This has been Cody, Cody Schmiller. Make sure you download on multiple devices. Multiple devices. You need to download on Google. We're on Google Play. We're on the iTunes. We're on SoundCloud. We're on Instagram, but that's only to look at photos yeah. of us. Get and, your hands on us. And uh, rate and review on iTunes. Good call. You have to rate and review on iTunes. Yeah, yeah. Help, yeah. Help, help the podcast out. That's the, the iTunes the iTunes rating system. You it's know, important, man. The more man. rating reviews, the more downloads. Bump it up. Yeah, it's, that was a point you made when we were talking last time. Yeah. Something we didn't really, again, like being that we're ghetto professional, yeah. that we didn't really get. We didn't understand how important it was. Yeah. But um, it really has become something we're pushing more and more. I had to make a new logo and stuff to show, like, hey, get our get our rates and reviews and likes and check us out in all the yeah. formats. Yeah. But it's important, man, if you want your brand recognition out there. So that's that's what you know, we're saying download on multiple devices. So if you like the podcast, you've got a phone and an iPad, download it on both. Download it, man. It counts as two. I love that you're advertising you know, for us. It's great stuff. This is what the smart guys do for our show. <laughs> help a brother out, like Cody. It's awesome, man. Cool, cool. I've probably already faded out by now. <laughs>